Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So what is one of our problems in our churches around the world? The Word of God is not taught. It's just a story time. It's a few verses thrown in. But Satan hates the seed that Jesus was throwing. He was speaking the truth. He was telling the truth. Not only does Satan steal, but we know that Scripture says that Satan can blind the minds of unbelievers so they cannot understand the truth. Technology has made it possible to present and deliver the gospel in more ways and to more people more quickly than ever imagined, even just 20 years ago. And yet there's more opposition to the good news of salvation than ever before. The reasonable question is, why is that? Well, Pastor Mark will be answering that question today. He'll be talking about the factors in mankind's makeup that causes them to be resistant to embracing the salvation through Jesus. You'll hear about the ways that God tries to reach people and how you can be a factor to help God reach the world. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Mark chapter 4 as he continues his message. Are you listening? True conversion results in fruit in a life, and that simply means that person has heard the Word of God and done something with it. They've applied it. They become fruitful because they hear and then do something with it. I'll give you the parable that Jesus gives us in the Sermon on the Mount toward the end. So look at verse 14, and Jesus is going to simply explain the Word to us, to you, to me. Verse 14, the farmer sows the word. Now, look at me because this is important. There's nothing wrong with the word and there's nothing wrong with the sower. If you and I sow the word, the word is, well, it's perfect. It's going to last outside of our time here. In fact, it's eternal. There's only two things that are eternal, people and the Word of God. It's perfect. It's flawless. So there's nothing wrong with the seed. And if I share this seed, there's nothing wrong with the sower. We're talking about a person that's a Christian, knows God's Word, shares the principles of the Word. So there's nothing problem. The issue is all going to be about the soil, the person's heart that hears it, and what they do with it. Now, First kind of soil, first kind of heart is this. Write it down. A hard heart. Look at verse 15. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. 
As soon as they notice, as soon as they hear it, circle the next word in this verse, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Now, in biblical times, it would be very different the way they planted seeds. Today, we have tractors and computers and all this kind of stuff goes into the field. Very different in those days. A sower would carry a bag of seed on his or her shoulder, and they would just cast the seed to the, to the soil. Now, in those days, there were lots of narrow paths, so they would be doing that, and they'd be casting it out, and it all wouldn't land on this perfectly narrow strip but some of it would land on the dirt path next to it or the area that was a little hard there. Whenever you fertilize your yard, if any of you do that anymore, you you take that little guy and you go, and what happens? It goes where? Everywhere. The last time you fertilized your yard, did it any go on the driveway and the sidewalk? Let me see your hand. Yes, it did. So how much grew from there? Nothing. So really, what did you have to do? You had to sweep it off and try to get it to where there was something. So the fertilizer is like the seed. And in those days, it would simply hit some hard areas. And you can expect when it hits that hard area, nothing's really going to happen. So the birds symbolize Satan. The birds come. Satan comes. It hits the soil. And it just lays there. It does nothing. So the bird comes and snatches that seed, and uh, and so it has no chance of penetrating the ground anyway. He just comes and snatches a seed. Now think about this. The Bible already tells us Satan has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. So it shouldn't surprise you. Satan hates the seed. He hates the Word of God because it's alive. So what is one of our problems in our churches around the world? The Word of God is not taught. It's just a story time. It's a few verses thrown in. But Satan hates the seed that Jesus was throwing. He was speaking the truth. He was telling the truth. Not only does Satan steal, but we know that Scripture says that Satan can blind the minds of unbelievers so they cannot understand the truth. Now, What's the spiritual application of this? The sower represents a hard heart that doesn't permit the word to penetrate the surface of that person's heart. When that person, who is not receptive at all to the things of God, that's because they're in control. They feel they have all the answers. They're unteachable. You say, well, Pastor Mark, who are those kind of people? You work with them. Every day. Jesus knew in that crowd, and you know who the ones that were really hard-hearted in that crowd? The religious people. They weren't after truth. They wanted ritual. They wanted rules. They wanted regulation. So you could be this individual. Now, that sounds strange, doesn't it? But I believe this is true in, all of our, in our church, in all churches. There are people that sit in our services, and they hear hundreds of sermons, but it never penetrates their heart. It doesn't change their living. It doesn't change their lifestyle. They come. They enjoy it. 
But it really has no application because they know better than God. You say, Pastor, there's not people like that here. I'm afraid so. I remember, I think I've told you a long time ago, I remember in my dad's church, there was a man who had come for like 30 years, basically every single Sunday. One day he walked up front and got saved when my dad did an altar call. I was young enough to understand my dad talking about that. He said, it's just amazing. He sat there for all those years, heard all those sermons. Finally, his heart was receptive to the Word of God. It isn't Satan that's in control. You're in control of how you hear the Word of God. Satan can never overrule a person that wants to hear the Word of God and have a receptive heart. Never. So you're going to learn as we go through this, the individual is in control of how they hear the Word of God. See, this person really has no intention, no intention of obeying and changing. They're just here, just hearing the Word of God, but there's really no intention at all of obeying or changing. So when the Word is heard, it makes no impression on them. Satan just comes, steals the Word as if they never heard it all. They remain unrepentant. They never really believe. They could be sitting in our church tonight. They're not converted, and they're not a Christian. They're fooling themselves by sitting here and thinking, sitting in a church makes them right with God. You say, well, I can see that happening in many churches, but not in our churches. Yes. So I'm speaking to some people in our churches. Now, why is that important? Well, because it's your eternal destiny. See, hearing the Word of God and doing nothing with it brings no change in a person's life. That's hard teaching, isn't it? It's hard. Why is Jesus teaching this? Because he loved people. Do you understand? He wanted everyone to hear and change. He isn't doing it to condemn anybody. He wanted people to go, whoa, whoa, you do not have the answers to life. Listen to me. I'm teaching you. It's about you. Second, a superficial or shallow heart. Look at verse 16. Others, remember, Jesus is teaching this. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word again and at once receive it with joy. Whew, finally got through the first one, right? I feel better already. Verse 17. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When, circle this word, trouble or circle it, persecution comes because of the word. They quickly, say it with me together, they quickly fall away. You don't like to say that, do you? I don't like to say it. Jesus is saying it. So what is the physical illustration of that? Here it is. Here's a picture. This is taken right outside Megiddo, the Battle of Armageddon, where it's going to happen. See, here's the soil. It's rocky. And because of that, 
nothing can really grow there. I mean, you can see it on the edge. They're already dying. There's no root. It can't get through the rocky soil. It just can't get through. So it's the same as you look at that. That's very common in Israel that the seed would be there and it looks good. But right in Israel specifically, there's, and these people knew this, there's limestone right below the layer. You can't even see it sometimes, but it can't go down. It just can't get in to the ground to get nourishment and have roots. Now, this young plant would eventually shrivel and die. Its roots could not go deep because of the stone, and it simply remained nothing at the end. It simply died. Now, what's the spiritual application of this? Well, look at those verses again. Jesus said these people make a profession of salvation. They're excited. There's incredible joy. But there is no real commitment to follow Jesus because the sun in the parable symbolizes trouble and persecution. Now, next thing you want to write was this, and let me explain it to you. This is what Jesus is saying. Salvation to them was an event. It never works into a lifestyle. They receive salvation and forgiveness with great joy. They're excited about that. There's an emotional aspect. They could receive it because somebody shared with them, well, you're not going to go to hell if you get saved, which is true. So they're just excited about that. There's an emotion to it. Some accepted the word in some of our churches today because somebody makes a promise to them. And this is a huge one that I've watched over the years. Someone makes a promise to them. If they come to Jesus, all your problems in life are over. You'll have total health. You'll have total wealth. You'll be prosperous. And so they're going to get on board. Who wouldn't want to come to the Lord? Now, these new followers are temporarily excited. If you're back in the prayer room when they've come, they're just filled with joy. There's a quick change in their life. It's fantastic. And we look at them. We see them in the services and they're just joyous. And I love to see that. And then they're at work, and at that work, they can't stop telling people of what happened in their life. But as soon as Satan brings the heat in the form of a trial or trouble or persecution, they realize this key. Serving Jesus is going to cost them something. Well, they never heard that. They never really understand that. So what happens to their life? They dry up, they wither away, and as Jesus said, they simply go back to their old lifestyle. Notice what Jesus said. They quickly fall away. So what does that mean? What is Jesus talking about there? Well, understand, the response to the gospel was shallow. It was superficial, There was no commitment to continue to follow. It was built on an emotional experience. Now, emotion is important. Many of the people, as I've watched there and I've watched at Harvest, are crying when they come to Christ. That's fantastic. And there's just amazing joy. But understand what Jesus says. If there's no root, and we'll see this more next week, if there's no root of growing down into Christ... We're told in Colossians to make sure that you're rooted in Christ, and this is where we as a church have to come in. 
This is where we follow up with all the new believers who are filled with joy initially. This is where we teach them from the beginning, there is going to be trouble. He said, Pastor Mark, you would never tell people that. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. If you don't tell that person, then they'll be deceived and simply fall away. Now, we don't make an altar call and say, would you like to come to Christ tonight? You can have your sins forgiven. It'd be the most ridiculous, worst, terrible time in your life. Come on, who wants to come forward? No, we don't do that. But at some point, we have to share what? The truth. That there is going to be difficulty. But a root, you'll see later, keeps us from failing. We need to get roots into the new believers. Our Christian life cannot be built on simple emotion. It's built on the truth of the Word of God that obeys the Word of God, that solid foundation. So what happens? There was never a real commitment. They are not converted. They're not a Christian. You say, Pastor Mark, you can't say that. I didn't. Jesus did. Are you guys all right tonight? You say, this is a hard teaching. How many think this is a hard teaching? Three of you? You think it's a hard teaching? Is it truth? Well, Jesus is giving it. Sure it is. See, we just see this and we go, wow, what a great night. No, there's going to be immediate warfare. Remember in John 17, what was Jesus saying to his father? Father, protect my disciples from the evil one. His disciples. Why? The enemy is after us. The enemy is after all of us. So the first two, we absolutely know there's no true conversion. It looked like it in the second group, but it doesn't remain. Number three, a divided heart. A divided heart. Still others, like seed, sown among the thorns, notice what they do. They hear the word. So it's not somebody that didn't hear the word. They hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. What happens is if a farmer in those days didn't prepare the soil well, like we've all done this, you're out in your yard and there's those crazy weeds, the dollar weed or whatever, and you just pick the heads off the dollar weed. Well, you solved the problem, right? How many go, uh, no, it doesn't work. And you're out there and you're really trying to get every weed. And how many hate it when it breaks off? Because what did you leave in the ground? You already know the roots there. So this is an individual. You know this principle well. What grows better? A little piece of grass that you just put in or the weed that's next to it? I don't understand why that is, but it is. I mean, crabgrass comes through the cement in my yard. How about yours? So what Jesus is saying to these people, they understood it well. Because the ground was rocky at best. They're cleaning it away, and there's weeds. So they're picking off the tops of the weeds. But shortly as things grow, what happens is those weeds grow faster then the seed that was planted. The seed starts growing, but the weeds come and do what? They choke out the effectiveness, the fruitfulness of the seed that was planted. What's the application? 
This is a difficult one. There's a couple ideas about this one. I'll give them both to you because I don't personally... Well, I do have kind of an under, a feeling what I think is true, but I'll let you decide. These people receive Jesus into their heart. They seem receptive. They make a great start. But then as they're serving God, Satan comes, the world system comes with these thorns, these distractions of life. You and I know what a distraction is. It's so easy to get distracted, and our world is really good at that. And before long, they're trying to live for God here, and they're trying to kind of live in the world here. And it can't be done. Jesus over and over again says you can't serve two masters. So pretty soon these individuals, these distractions, these worldly care, these wealthy pleasures, these desire for the other things aren't necessarily sinful. They're just wrong priority. Slowly and surely these people get busy with life. The riches of this world, just the everyday kind of stuff that we all have, and pretty soon they simply, they lose interest in the things of God. I would say today in our churches, this is by far the more prevalent reason that people aren't really following Jesus. Their lives are choked by the busyness of life, and they leave no room from God. And when there's no room from God, there's no spiritual growth. Now, the result that Jesus emphasized is the soil produces no fruit. Now, here's the question. I'll let you decide it. Are these people saved or lost? Did they ever become a real follower of Jesus Christ? Is this a real believing heart? Well, let's look back at what Jesus says. He says in the end of verse 19, making it unfruitful. Now, does that mean that at one time it was fruitful? but now it becomes unfruitful? If that's the case, then we would say, as Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 3, this is a picture of a carnal Christian. The person is a Christian, but they really don't make any fruit. There's not much happening in life. There's no impact on other people. And we do know in 1 Corinthians 3 that these people, when they get to heaven, all their works, whatever there were, are burned, they're lost, and they just barely get into heaven by the grace of God. Or could it be that these people really made a great start, but they never really followed through, and there really never was any real fruit? If that's true, then these people also are not a believer. You see, Jesus earlier said this, show fruits of repentance. See, if a person's really saved, there will be changes in their life. No fruit, no root. No root, no fruit. We're so glad you joined us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. During this unusual time in our world's history, we want to reassure you of your Creator's love for you. God is still on the throne and is fully in control of your life and of what's happening in the world around you. 
We also want to let you know that Calvary Chapel Melbourne is continuing to offer church every Saturday evening and Sunday morning, and you're invited to join us. Though we can't be physically present with one another, we do still want to connect with you. Join Pastor Mark this weekend on Facebook, YouTube, Roku, and at calvaryccm.com forward slash live. Services will begin streaming at 6 p.m. on Saturday and 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. on Sunday. You can find out more at our website. Again, that's calvaryccm.com. We look forward to worshiping with you virtually and hopefully soon in person. If you'd like to explore more teachings from Pastor Mark in this series right now, you'll also find them online, along with more information about the church and this ministry. Would you do us a favor? Would you be praying for Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne staff during this time? We appreciate you lifting us up to the Lord. Please pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ across the nation too. This is a great way to support one another when we can't be in each other's company. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Mark next time to continue studying through the powerful Word of God right here on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.